3: and welcome to the latest podcast from uh, the Wolves Fancast. Um, joining me this evening to uh, discuss, I'm delighted to say, a return to winning ways. Um, you've got myself, Ryan Hooper, and also we've got um, Adam Price, uh, Andy Gillard and Jordan Russell. How are we doing, gents? All oh, good, thanks. Hoops, yourself? Doing good, doing good. All um, What people listening won't realise is we had a a few technical issues. Um, I say we, which is unfair. It's just me. So um, we're a little bit late coming onto board, but we're we're literally recording this um, sort of just half an hour or so after the the game this evening, which we'll talk about um, in a moment. So... um, We'll break the game down in terms of uh, the details within the game. But if I take you back to earlier on this evening when the, the team came out, now Nuno made three changes in total for to the first start in 11 following the draw against Burnley. Uh, in came Johnny Otto, uh, Matt, Matt Doherty, um, and um, Leander, Leander Dendonka. Uh, out came Vinagra, Sace, and Jota. What were your initial thoughts on the on the team as that was announced? If I go to yourself, Adam first.
1: Um, I guess when we're looking, probably I was probably more interested in in Sace uh, going out for Dendon cross pose because you look at Johnny coming back in, you think well that's, that's probably a given. As as how we started all season, so no shock there. Uh, same for Doherty as as well. I um, yeah, I guess the talking point, really, out of those three is around Sace um, and whether or not Nuno had thought that um, from their previous meetings with um, Palace, where Zaha might have given him a bit of a tough time. And, and I think, um, hopefully my memory serves me right, but I think he might have got sent off before against Palace, I think. Um so potentially that was in his mind. That's in a reason why I can think of, um, because normally Sayce has been relatively solid in that position. And well, I say I say relatively solid. You know, people talk about him being the most underrated player in the team, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there's no real massive concerns over his form. Um, so that was really the biggest talking point for me. But we know Den can do you know a solid enough job. You know. Wherever you know, every two favorite positions. So, um, yeah, happy to take Nino's deal on that one, and uh, you know he did a solid enough job when uh, during the game as well. So, interesting to see whether that continues for the final game of the season or whether Say's comes back in. But we'll wait and see on that one.
3: And, and, and for you, um, Andy, uh, as, as, as Price, who mentioned there, that was sort of the, the headline change, wasn't it? There, and and Adam was right. I was just checking that myself in the the sort of reverse fixture. And then Sace was was sent off in that game. Was that part of his thinking, or was it a reflection of of Sace, um generally in terms of form, or just a little bit more of a tinkering from what was arguably? That's subjective, I know. Perhaps a disappointing
2: point against Burnley last time round. Uh, Personally, I think it was possibly just a bit of tinkering to try and freshen things up. Obviously, we've conceded a few late goals recently. Um, Not that Tace has been bad or at fault for any of them, but he hasn't been his usual solid self. And we know that Bolly generally prefers it on the left-hand side of the three. So I can see why he's, he's made that decision, just to move Bolly back, give Dendonka a run out at centre-half and just freshen things up a little bit. Uh, like you say, that was the headline change. I felt a little bit sorry for um, Vinagre to not get a few more minutes tonight, but obviously I know we'll come on to uh, Johnny's contributions eventually. But I thought Vinagre did all right against Burnley, didn't let himself down defensively and offered something decent going forward. Jordan and just finally before we move on to the game itself again
3: same question to you what were your thoughts on, on the team selection was it what you expected or similar to Andy were you, did you think anyone was unfortunate to be left out uh, Dendonk
0: has been really good the last few games and He's very, you know, very reliable, very dependent. I know you're a massive fan of him hoops as well. Um, so I think it was just the fact of rewarding Dendonker with the start, um, and you know, be it, it was in the back three tonight, and I don't, I don't think he put a foot wrong all night really. Um, and I'd say for Dent's as well, how he's been, you know, in in his last couple of games, well, sorry, that we've seen him, like, Yeah, he definitely, he definitely looks like he's settling in now, and I think that. After that Burnley performance, I thought he, you know, he more than justified a start. So, yeah, I think form wise, it's arguably probably our best eleven, you'd say. Um, and yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too surprised by
3: it. It's a difficult one, isn't it? And yeah, I, you know, I held my colours to the mass with Dendonka and I, I always like to see him get a game because you know I think he's he's worth a shirt. But it's it's a difficult one because. It's either a tactical decision in terms of who we're up against, it's the form of the midfield, and, and Sayes hasn't done anything particularly wrong recently, I don't, I don't feel. Um, yes, it was a clean sheet tonight, and, and we haven't had one for a while, but I won't put a lot of significance into that, because let's be honest, when we talk about the game, they didn't have a lot to do, did they, really, defensively. Um, but we'll move on to the game. Um, again, really a game, f- really a few chances. Um, I think it started off, I think, within the first minute, they um, got into our box, had a little bit of possession. But as the game moved forward, it was pretty even. You could argue the case for either side um, being on top in the first half. But on the 41st minute, as it was, um, Poland's got his first goal for the club. Um Talk us through the the goal. Fantastic movement, I think, from Matemio and Doherty on on the recall as well, and, and Podence on the spot with a with a header. Ad, what do you think?
1: Well, um, yeah, you're right. The the, uh, the first half was a bit of a tough watch, to be honest. And the players looked like they'd just met each other for, for most of the game, but yeah, with the goal. Uh, I mean that that Matinho flick was that was that was something ever porn flick that was it was lovely like proper top shelf stuff that uh, like that nice little flick uh, just the way that he saw saw I mean Doty's I think he said himself after the game he he knows to make just to, to keep making those runs and um, obviously I'm I'm delighted as well that that Pedenz, uh has got a goal um, like you said I've I've, I've so like like you said, who's that turn of phrase, I've i put my colours to his mast as well for Pedenz to just to keep just, just to champion him really to get a game. And i am glad that he's he's continuing to get a, to get his chance to show to show what he can do because, I again I thought he was our most exciting player. Um so I was just delighted for him and he won't get an easier one to, to, to just to nod it over the line but it just shows that I uh, I think I think I remember before the game, before the goal as well, he 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 was he tried the old R two shot with a bicycle kick as well. So he's he's got the he's got the confidence flowing with him already. And I think I said before that it, it seems almost as that Nuno's quote unquote done the Den with him and that he's kept him waiting, kept still kept him hungry, gave him the odd game. That's you know, certainly in the Europa League. Um, and we're now starting to see that that bear fruit now with him. Um, but yeah, just just a well-worked goal, and, and the beauty of it was is that we, we pounced upon a, a Palace error as well. So I, I can't remember who it was, but it was the ball was given away, and that's where that's where our move started. So it was just just lovely, well-worked goal.
3: And I think, and um, Bryce was right to mention Pedencer because I think for me he got the most likely, but also I think Jimenez as well. Had a good start. He seemed to be trying to create something for himself because there wasn't a lot for for any of the front players. First half,
2: yeah. To be honest, that's what I like about roll and what I've I've liked about Pedence early doors, is the fact that they seem to see things that others don't see. So they might see a player move and they just think, okay, it might be difficult, but let's just try it. So you know when it come when the ball Was that goes,
3: is there Andy?
2: Was that? It was a little bit, wasn't we it? We've yeah. things, I we? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, when you get the ball out to try all right, it's going to be head down, run, try and cross it into the box. But when the ball comes wide to Pedence, he might cut inside, go out the outside, try a ball over the top. And it keeps the opposition guessing. They're never quite sure what he's going to do. And you need that bit of a magic. But with Raul tonight, he was doing the same sort of job. But I felt he was... He played a little bit deeper than he normally does. He was a bit more withdrawn, which gave that freedom to Pedence to to cause some havoc.
3: And and Jordan, your, your your thoughts on on um, yeah a, a pretty average first half for us. What had had did you use in the first forty five? Shit, wasn't it? Let's be honest about it.
0: Yeah, let's not put it up. You know what I mean. Um, <clears throat> nothing went on, and we were dreadful really for for like I say forty minutes. of That half we were. Yeah, arguably as bad as we've been for a very long time. Um but it was a bit of magic really. You know, Martinho got his pitching wedge out about twenty five yards out, played a flop shot um to Doherty and yeah, it was a lovely move. And um I'm glad, you know, Potenzi's you know, he's broke his duck. Um, managed to get his head on one, which must have been about a thousand to one if he wanted a better Potenza <laughs> score with a header. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I say, I'm glad, glad he scored. He was lively all night. Deserved his goal, and he might be able to put a selfie on social media now of his misses. <laughs> 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 so,
3: yeah, it's a bit bit of a common theme that if you follow sort of Twitter at the moment. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned. How can I put this? Uh, you, let's go from a flop, a flop in the first half to something a little bit harder in the second. Because on 67 minutes, it was Johnny who um, gave us a little bit of protection. Because up until that point, again, what do you think, guys? Similar to the first half, there wasn't much in it. But um, I think it was a case of, we, we. did it feel like we needed that second goal?
1: Well, John, he's more of a, he normally plays much more of a protective sheath role, doesn't he, in the team? And um, I thought he, 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 was, he, he, was a, he was a good tip of the attack um, for, for that move. We, we can keep this going all
2: night, if you want. Oh, yeah. we can, we can, we can, he, he was penetrative, going. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought the way he took that goal was ridiculous as well.
0: Like, it kind oh, of God, reminded yeah.
2: me of Sylvain Ebanks-Blake, that turn and shot. Not something I expect of a left back. It was incredible. Uh, but Seems I think really? when we came out, this, it was. But when we came out the second half, we seemed to put those sloppy passes to one side. Whereas in the first half, we were the architects of our own downfall at times. Whereas in the second half, we just stopped all that shit and just got on with getting the ball down and moving it around.
3: And, and George, from you, I guess one person we haven't mentioned there is Traore again, second half with his involvement with a goal, um, a good second half performance, I think, from uh, from Adama.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that partly the second half was—I don't want to say Palace give up, but they were very, they were really passive, weren't they? Second half, they didn't really. Uh, you can tell they were on the beach, as it were. There they were, you know, they weren't. I don't think they were at it really. Um, yeah, Troy Allray, yeah, he, he had flashes I think first half Just wasn't great like anyone Really But yeah, second half He definitely grew into the game A fair bit The one thing I did like was At the start of the game I don't know if anyone else noticed it That they were greasing him up On Vaseline on his arms Like like a, <laughs> like a greased up pig Like sort of thing You know what I mean Chasing him around but like, It must be a cracking tactic I never really thought about it before But yeah That must make it even harder For him to stop If he's like got Vaseline all on his arms as well
3: I'm just imagining that job advertisement require Warhampton wonders require a greaser for for, for trial. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, must bring your own tub of vaseline. <laughs>
3: um yeah, there's quite a shit bit in this pod already, isn't that? Okay. Um but no, I think I think in summary gents, yeah, it was we we did what we needed to do didn't we i think on, on on reflection it was a game where there wasn't a lot in it i don't think um, it can you know. be
1: it's it's strange isn't it when you play these um, these mid table teams where their season's already over because by and large a, a team that is in mid table you never know what you're going to get do you because they're in mid table for a reason
2: mm. it's
1: so the adage go they will win some and will and they also will lose some otherwise they, won't, they wouldn't be mid table so I, I mean, the, 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 obviously the main thing for Palace is that they're on a six-game losing streak coming to us, which gives you the impression that they've long since give up before before now. Um, and they do look a team... Well, that's not sugarcoat, it they, they looked a bit shit really, didn't they? Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Palace they didn't look as if they offered much at all. They won main players a half he's probably going to go anyway um, and maybe so with the manager at the end of the season so um, it's always a bit strange because it, you, you, the, the common cliche is that you, you're playing against a team that nothing to play for they might just play with the handbrake off and you could get a much tougher opponent out of it but it just wasn't the case tonight they just they're, they weren't really there it's the same way as Everton where were we just they just they weren't really there's only really one team on the pitch to be honest bar a few little mm. outbursts from Palace so um, but no, yeah, with the goal, Adama was, was great. He made it. He just pared his way past the two full-backs. And um, yeah, I, I was fully expecting Johnny to try and lay it off to Raul when, when, when he did his little slow-motion Cruyff turn in the area. But uh, no, fair play. Yeah, cracking finish for Johnny. I, I think that's it's an amazing finish, really.
2: Mm. I to admit, I did expect a bit better of Palace. I know MacArthur and McCarthy aren't the most mobile of players, but they, they can pick a pass. They're, they're defensively sound. and Obviously, when you've got Zaha and ayu up front, they're a couple of tricky players, but they never laid a glove on our back three, really. And other than pissing and moaning all game, they offered absolutely nothing, that front pair. Really quite disappointing. They'd have been better off with teke mm. which is saying something, to be honest.
1: The most, well, the most exciting thing for Zahara all game Was what boots he was wearing
2: That pissed me off They were talking it <laughs> like non-stop Shut like, the fuck up and get on with the, the game they even, we a close up,
3: didn't we? <laughs> they
1: even got a player cam on the guy Running off into Sir Jack's To get the, another two pairs of boots for him <laughs>
3: boot, They still wearing cam. the right ones Well in in terms of Palace You know We can only judge them on, on the games we see them But someone who Certainly is, is more well versed In terms of Palace and um, and their season and how they viewed the game um, is is the next um, gentleman we've got uh, joining us today. Delighted he's joining us. So, he's currently in the waiting room, which is a virtual waiting room. So, it's not a waiting room with a fish tank and some shit magazines. It's, it's in a virtual waiting room. So, I'm going to try and admit him now. You're, hey, you're, it, you're in, Jack. Th- thanks for joining us. Um, we, no just, problem, at We just so. mid-record. Mid um, we exchanged a couple of messages earlier, and, and Jack was sort of, I guess, set the scene with... Um, he thought he'd be discussing a 3-0 defeat, basically, which um, I, I guess perhaps, and, and I'm sure Jack will pick this up himself, will probably set the scene in terms of where he sees Palace at the moment. Obviously, we've only seen you twice in theory, sort of live, and from what we see, yeah. you're, you're the Palace <clears throat> fan from the five-year plan, you know the club well. Um, let's touch on the game, and we can do an overview of, of, of Palace. Um, but how did you view the game, first of all, tonight?
4: Um very slow start from both teams. Um, it, it kind of returned to the pace of that first weekend after restart, um, where the ball was being knocked around quite nicely by both teams, um, but with very little threat. And the only chance I can really remember uh, before your goal uh, was when Schlupp went through after Wolf set him free um, and, and just put it past the post, which was which was a good effort and a nice bit of play by, by us. We... we you know, not the ball around quite nicely, but with very, very little threat on your goal. But I, I felt we contained your threat quite well, and and felt that you guys had a number of gears that you could have gone through if you if you'd really wanted to. Um, and then obviously the goal happens, and, and Townsend, you know, plays a pass which you're told to not play when you're, you know, eight, nine or ten, not to play it across your your box even if you've got defenders behind you. And and as soon as the ball fell it fell the way of um, Moutinho, who I'd like to make a. <laughs> A little bit of a song and dance about it in a minute. Um, as soon as the ball came to him, I, I just sensed danger and his his lovely weighted pass found Doherty and then found Pudence in the middle. And it's and it's one nil for in a in a half where really I I don't think you you properly turned up to be honest.
3: No, I think that's fair, and I I don't think there was much in the game, and I think it's a subjective call. But you could arguably say Palace could have been been the better side first half. There wasn't a lot in in that game. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you in terms of how I saw Palace, and we were just talking there because we didn't know what sort of Palace we would get. Because when you play aside um, at this end of the season, where the you know the the, the league placings are predetermined, you don't know if that will give you more freedom, or you know. But obviously, you're you're in in, in bad form, which um, but. You look controlled, you looked organized and as you say, and, and and I guess from your perspective, it was unfortunate that you were containing us and it wasn't really our good work, although it was once Martinho was in possession, that, that led yeah. to that first goal.
4: That's the frustration. Then that, that kind of set the scene for the second half. Um and I would like to put a missing persons report out for eleven people in red and blue for the second half because we just didn't come out. We 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 didn't get going. Um the, the fiasco about Wolf's boots were about as exciting as it got for Palace in the second <laughs> half. And, um, you know, it, it really could have been wrapped up early doors. You know, hands could have been shook at the start of the second half and we could have just saved everyone's, everyone's time. We, we didn't go forward. We didn't put the ball uh, around the pitch with any sort of pace or, or endeavour. Um, we looked impotent throughout the whole second half and, and to be honest that when the second goal came all it did was was just really add a bit of gloss to the victory for you guys it didn't really add any greater security to the victory because I, I didn't really think we posed any threat to the 1-0 lead you had already. Um, I will struggle to see us getting anything out of Sunday with um, the Spurs come to sell her so it's quite likely we'll finish the season with eight defeats on the bounce. Um, it's interesting the point you make about you don't know what you're going to get with um with a team that's that is secure and we were secure with you know with these eight games to go once we beat Bournemouth in the first game back, um security was was pretty much there and another season in the Premier League was was there to be had um and secured. Um, unfortunately with with Roy Hodgson you do know what you're gonna get as a Palace fan. You know that even if it's off the back of a defeat or off the back of a victory, you're likely to see the similar group of players play in the same sort of way as they They do week in, week out. I mean, part of that's to do with Hodgson's rigidity when it comes to team selection and tactics. But, you know, to be fair to the guy, he hasn't got a great deal of of depth to that squad. In terms of our attacking threat tonight, we're only missing one player that would otherwise have have featured, which was Ben Teke. So it's not as though we can point to a long list of injuries in terms of our attacking threat um, when you're only missing one player from from who you ordinarily look to, to pose a threat to the opposition. So, you know, a lot of... A lot of work needs doing to do that squad in the summer there's there's some some dead wood but there's there are gaps in terms of quality energy and youth which um we hope the club will address in the summer but we've had disappointing transfer windows previously um where we've hoped that would happen and it just hasn't so yeah fairly easy victory for you guys tonight and um, I, I doubt you probably would have had many easier easier wins once and um, particularly once you went one ahead
3: yeah, I, th- I, th- I think, yeah, after, after the first goal in terms of how it was set. You mentioned there, Jack, um, about Martinho. Did you did you want to comment in terms of how you see him as a player?
4: Always loved him. Um, first saw him play for the uh, Portuguese national team at Euro 2008. And you just when you see a player, you just fall in love with him. And um, and, and I did with him that night. Um, I think they were playing the group game. They they ran out quite easy vict- uh, victors that night. And, and this is done back 12 years. And he's... You know, I've followed him throughout his career and um, he's just stayed as consistent um, throughout his career as, as as again he showed tonight. He's he's just a class act on the ball. His leadership shines through. I think uh, Neves is obviously benefiting from playing with, with him. It'd be interesting to see what happens when Moutinho ultimately leaves the team, um, whether that's through age or, or selection, to see whether Neves continues to progress. I suspect he will because he's a top class actor in himself, but there's something about Matino, just lovely to watch. Kind of similar to um, someone like Santi at, um who had his spell at Arsenal. Just lovely to watch on on the ball, and and you can just see their influence throughout the team, even when they haven't got the ball. And and as I said, as soon as he got the ball, once we'd given the ball away just before half time, I, I just knew we were in trouble because he doesn't waste a ball. And and to have a player of that quality, at your club must must be an absolute blessing every week to to see him turn it on. I, I I presume he's as consistent as I, as I see it, but you guys obviously may see it slightly differently.
3: No, he isn't, and Jen, you can join in with this. But um, you know, we we could talk about Matino all night. But and I think that the thing is with Matino, when other clubs or say if we do anything with national stations, they'll always ask us about Neves. They'll always ask us about Jimenez. But Matino doesn't get as much as as a mention. So it's refreshing to hear because consistently he's got it. I mean don 't get me wrong we 've had some bad players, but he 's probably the best player i 've seen in a war shirt because of that mm-hmm. class and that poise and that calmness and I think our concern is probably the fact that we 've got Gibbs White behind him who who you know i 'm not going to make any comparisons to we haven 't We will at some point need a replacement, and you don 't replace Maini, I get that because of the quality he has, but filling that void. Jens, I don't know what your thoughts are on, on Moutinho. It's nice here in opposition view because he doesn't, you know, if you look at the credentials, as Jack's aware of, and you look at his career, it's amazing how conditioned he is. But he yeah. perhaps doesn't get the recognition and, and Neves, that Neves gets. And I don't know if that's because Neves scores world is. But, you know, up until this season, Moutinho's really been the focal point in midfield for ourselves, hasn't he?
2: Yeah, it has I mean, last season, Matinho was just outstanding. And I know a few other players were obviously adjusting to life in the Premier League. But I think Neves was, he did struggle for probably the first six months of last season. So it was a good job we had Matinho so he could bring the team together and add some cohesion.
1: And what a player as well to have to, to bring for, for the youth of our team mm. to, to look up to mm. as, a, as a mentor as well. Um and the question around replacement is is obviously a valid one because he's he's going to be 34 later on in the year, so he's obviously not going to be the future of the of this team. Um, but so there's a wider question of who we look to to bring in as a as a natural replacement for him. But yeah, at the minute, you know, he, he's he's very he's very hard to, to to drop or leave out the team at the minute just because he's that metronome that just t- keeps us ticking over. Um, from game to game and uh, yeah like I say he's one that any prospective younger player in the team like a a Jordale or Gibbs White you know what a player to have around training every day
4: yeah fantastic influence I guess um, around the place and and he's also got that other side to him where if he needs to kick someone he'll certainly kick someone which I also (laughs) uh, have a lot of time for so um, yeah I mean (laughs) don't get me wrong tonight wasn't the toughest challenge he'll have tonight but his class was there for all to see and, and I guess with his, you know, progression in years, um it'll be it'll be down to the club to manage him. And if you've got someone like Gibbs White who I like when I've seen him, I, I think he's he's clearly got something about him. He drives forward, he's good with the ball. If if you could perhaps give him more time and, and, and manage Moutinho's minutes then then that's the best of both worlds really. but if again if he need to get the checkbook out and, and get someone else in then then all be it. But you know, him he, he, for me he's just a lovely player and the fact he's he's now in the Premier League is means I get to see more of him, but you know, when he's putting your team to the sword with, with such passes as he did in the first half, it's uh, a little bit bittersweet. But I have to put my hands up and, and say that he was, he was a class act. I think Fletcher and McManaman in commentary you know, put a lot of praise on Triore, and rightly so, he was, he was a threat. And um, Tyreek Mitchell will certainly um, sleep well tonight. But um, in, in, terms of, um, in terms of the influence of the game, I, I can't really look past your, your midfield too, and, and Moutinho in particular.
0: Yeah, and just to intercept there, you? You know, I thought that he played actually quite well, that Tyreek uh, Mitchell, considering it was his first start. I mean, Troy Ray's given more established full-backs, more of a run around than he did him tonight, so he definitely looks yeah. like one for the future as well.
4: Uh, yeah, he's, um, he, he's he's been trapped in because of injury, but there are high hopes for him, and it's, it's pleasing to see him get a go um, in the first team. I think with... Um, with Hodgson, he, as I said, he he's quite rigid in his team selection, and, and even Araujo Basaka, who last summer went for 50 million, is now, you know, Manchester United's first choice right back. He was only given a go due to a sequence of injuries. So, you know, for a player to get a go, it's it's more a you know sequence of fortune. But Mitchell has got the starting berth when he you know could easily have given it to to read about tonight. So it's pleasing to see him start, and, and it's it's nice to hear that you thought he had a, a decent game, particularly against someone as as potent as Triore. But again he you know he just doesn't surprise me when I see there was, there was one where Traore put it um you know 10 yards in front of him and, and beat the fullback for pace and then man still managed to get the ball when 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 really he had no right to get the ball in and then and that's what Traore does whenever I see him whether it's against Palace or or anyone else he gets balls into the box when when other winners just don't his his physical attributes you know are are a challenge in itself let alone the quality he has on the ball in terms of beating defenders and and his delivery into the box. And you can see why he's put something on the plate for Jimenez and Jimenez throughout the season. And, um, you know, I'm sure you guys are discussing plenty about whether you can keep him this summer. I, I'd hope you guys would be able to keep him because I I think he's, he's learning a lot and he's playing games, which you can't obviously guarantee if you then go and play, you know, for whether mm. it's a top four club in this country or, or he goes back to Spain. Um, he's got it. He's got it good at the moment. He's under a very good manager. I like your manager a lot. He's, he's a good operator and, and clearly knows how to to win games in the premier league which is invaluable but um you know before trial looks to maybe move on i think he should consider where he is at the moment because i don't think there's many better places in certainly english football for him to be right now
3: no oh, absolutely and of course we we <laughs> echo that but i think you know you have to look at it objectively as well and i, I do think for his development um you know there's two, two parts to to Traore this and, and latter part of last season, you know, and the components are one is Nuno and one is Traore himself, and you know they've they've got a fantastic relationship and has has found that ability whereby so much has been talked about Adama, where he, you know he'd had the pace and power, but didn't just stop and kind of okay, now this is what I need to do, but you know the assists and delivery and consistency is fantastic. Um, before we, we round up with yourself, Jack, we do hope you get a, a good resort against Spurs on the weekend. Cause that may have I thought a, you
4: might say that. <laughs> a
3: bear, a bearing on us. Um, guys, have you got any other questions in relation to, to Palace for Jack?
1: Yeah, I've just got one uh, for you, Jack. I know you're, you're from the five-year plan. I'm just wondering what's the plan for this summer because um, I'm, I'm going to assume, I'm going to fairly assume that Zaha will be off. I don't know where, but I'm going to assume it'll be sold. And do you what, what's the rebuild going to look like this summer for you? And also, do you think that even Hodgson will stay, or do you think they'll shake hands and walk away from each other and try and get a younger, a younger model in, so to speak, or a younger, well, more progressive manager?
4: Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. I mean, the, the situation with Hodgson is we understand that a, uh, just previous to lockdown, a one year extension was signed for next season. Um, but from what I've heard, that doesn't necessarily guarantee that he will be the manager next season. So whether or not that was to provide a bit of security, and he was making noises about not having the security into next season, I don't know. Um, I think they would need to think long and hard about replacing Hodgson. You know, to get he, we're in a terrible run at the moment, but to give the bloke, you know, the credit he deserves, um, he took over a club that had after the Frank de Boer debacle. He, you know four games in and then he, his first three games we didn't win or we didn't even score a goal. So effectively over a thirty one game season, um we were safe with with a few games to go and and weren't we're looking pretty good by the end of that season and then in these two full seasons, we've never really looked like being in any sort of danger of relegation. so the club needs to be careful if they do ask him to go um, and shake hands as you say, they need to be assured that the appointment they are about to make is the right one. Um, the last time they had a summer to make an appointment, they appointed Frank de Boer, and as I just said, that was a bit of a disaster. So they would hopefully have learned from that experience and seen, you know, what the risks are. to That I don't know who's out there at the moment. I, you know, if you want to, you know, see who's out there across the continent, then Palace could do that. But with with Hodgson, you know, what you're going to get. Him and Ray Lewington are a very, very good partnership and very organised. One of the you know highlights of lockdown has been hearing Ray Lewington just shout at, um very highly paid professional footballers throughout <laughs> lockdown so um i think palace are going to release a an album of his uh, of his great tips during lockdown so that's been good um and then in terms of wilf you know don't uh, wilf is, is superb you didn't see the best of him tonight and to be honest we haven't seen the best of him this season um partly probably because of the tactics that roy's deployed at times but it just hasn't clicked for him as the same way it did last season but you know he. I could probably draw parallels in terms of the value that we have on him that you guys have on you know, the, the sort of sum that you'd be looking for if Traore was to go is similar to what we have with Wilf. It's, it's probably inflated in terms of what their real value is, but it's the value to the club that is selling the player. And that's, I think, the key with Wilf is mm-hmm. nobody is likely, particularly on the back of this season's form and, and output, nobody is likely to pay what Steve Parrish would, would consider the true value of Wilf. Um, that true value is probably reduced on what it was last year, given the, the form he's had and the fact that we're another year into his contracts. I think I'm right in saying that he's got two full years after, after this season finishes. Um, so obviously if we go in towards next summer where he's only got one year left then that obviously poses its own own risks. Um, I think there's money to, to invest in the squad, regardless of selling Wilf. I think it, I think there's two separate points. I, I would suspect Wilf will start at Palace next season. I don't think the clubs are going to be lining up for him that, he might hope and um even if they were i don't think they'd be willing to pay uh, what we were and if they you know if you're looking at clubs that have got cash to spend with the greatest respect to everton and i say that as the son of a devote evertonian um or newcastle united if their takeover gets gets the go ahead and they've got cash to spare is that really the step up for wilf you know he's got a young family in south london he's very attached to the local area he's a different bloke completely to the to the teenager that went to Manchester so I'm not going to draw parallels with who he was then he could make the move up north if he wanted to but is he going to do that for the sake of a bit more money um I I don't know um you know you'd have to have to ask him but the, the key really is is anyone going to pay what is is value to the club and but in in terms of Palace's overall strategy you know youth um and some energy is much needed in that squad and if they can move on um some of the some of the Bigger wages and salaries in the squad, then then that would be great, and, and by that I mean the likes of of Mamadou Sacco who tonight lasted fifteen minutes, and he's only I think tonight was his eleventh start of the season, and for someone that's on the money he's on, um, with the in, within the budget that a club like Palace have, it's it's not really uh, sustainable moving forward. He needs to be playing, you know, a bit like Conor Cody, every minute of every game to be justifying that sort of or salary. So I think they'll be looking to move some of our bigger earners on. Um, and, and invest in some youth and, and some energy, really.
2: really. Yeah, I mean, the few times I've seen Palace this season, you have looked like a team who's probably come to the end of its natural life and it needs it needs some investment, really. And I thought you may have done that with the money you got from um, Aaron wan but I don't think you've really bought in enough
4: to really freshen the squad in the last 12 months. No, and and in fact, the, the replacement for Wambasaka was meant to come in January in the form of... Um, your much-loved neighbours, right-back Nathan Ferguson was meant to come in on a, on a very cheap deal, but um, he suffered a knee injury, I believe, which put paid to that. But uh, the rumour is that's likely to go ahead this summer. So we didn't even really replace one Basaka, let alone invest mm. the money we made from him. So I don't know where that money's gone. I don't know if that's still sitting there in a pot ready for someone to to, to invest in others. But yeah, I think the, that that summer is spot on, really. I think we're at the end of our natural life. Players like, you know, James MacArthur, who's been an absolute stalwart for Palace, effectively since promotion, um, in 2013 I think he came in 2014 an absolute trooper week in week out but Roy's played him pretty much every minute since the restart and it just doesn't have the same impact as he did and, and mm-hmm. to most games since restart Wilf's been our youngest starter and he's just coming up to his 28th birthday so you know that that sums it up really and I, 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 I really hope there is some some sort of uh, wheeling and dealing done in the summer just to kind of add a bit of youth and energy to that squad
3: That's great, no Jack, no, that, uh, oh, you know, after, after after a game and a performance, I know you, you, you perhaps may have anticipated the result, but it's still really appreciated that you've, you've come on and it's always great to speak to fans because I think ultimately we're all sort of the same and, you know, we only see things in one way, but you see it through, the, you know, the, the team and it gives us extra sort of content in terms of the team we've come up again, so Really, really appreciate your time, Jack. And uh, hopefully, we'll we'll speak to you further down the line.
4: Yeah, any time, guys. And uh, wish you the best of luck on Sunday. would um, Would like you to finish uh, above Spurs if I need to to <laughs> stop another to stop another Portuguese manager being uh, the highest of his uh, the highest Portuguese manager in the league. Um, and also wish you well with the European campaign when that restarts as well.
3: Brilliant. No, thanks so much, Cheers, Jack. Jack. Cheers. Cheers, Jack. Thanks, See guys. You, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. And that was um, Jack um, from the um, five-year plan podcast. I thought he spoke really well, gents. Um, It was was refreshing to hear someone objectively talk about their team and and our team as well.
2: Yeah, I I quite like that we've been getting these fans on post-game rather than in the build-up to it. We've actually got something we can discuss and get stuck into.
3: Uh, well thank you to um, to, to Jack um, it, it, it meant <laughs> <laughs> Rewind Rewind it's good job as in that I might keep that in anyway yeah. um, that, might, <laughs> that might stay in <laughs> Be like, wait for a little bit um, what I was going to say and I just got a message which had distracted me so there there was the, the slip of the lip was Jack was mentioning their game um, against um, Spurs which will obviously have an impact potentially on ours, but we need to do our job against Chelsea. Um, so we'll look at the Chelsea game after this. Okay, so in terms of um, the final league game, as it is fought for ourselves, um, next up is Chelsea. Oh, I'm kind of I don't know how I say. It. Look at this one, gents. They're in good form, aren't they, Chelsea at the moment? So um, it's going to be a tough game. How do you see it?
2: Yeah, I mean, they tore Man United a new one last night and they're obviously going to want to try and get their name in the FA Cup uh, team sheet. So, they'll be up for it come Sunday. It's going to be a tough game. Right, so,
3: George, what are, what are your thoughts on Chelsea? And also, within that question, do you think there'll be any changes for the game? Um, I
0: think that... It all depends on how they go to well, on Wednesday night as you know, against Liverpool. Um they beat Liverpool, I think we'll probably see a week in Chelsea team because they'll be guaranteed top four then and they've got the FA Cup final obviously against Arsenal to go. Sort of praying for a bit of a Chelsea win or at least a positive result for them, um, against Liverpool. Um, in terms of the team selection itself, I guess it depends on the scenario as to how many points we're going to need out of the game. Um, if we need a point, I can see him going 3 5 2. Um, for me, I wouldn't change it. Like, I, you know, myself and Stu got a few pelters for the Sheffield United <laughs> podcast. But it's all about intent for me. And I think that we, we, we're we a good enough team to back ourselves and have enough trust in our ability and our system that. We go and play three four three, and we go and get a positive result there. I don't think there's any reason why we can't go and get a positive result there, considering you know some of the results we've had this season. Um, I don't fear Chelsea particularly, um, but they are a good team. Lampard's got them going, and I do think Chelsea are going to be a better team next year than they are this year. So, yeah, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but um, always fantasy to get a
3: positive result no matter what. And yourself, finally, what are your thoughts looking ahead to the Chelsea game?
1: Yeah, so I echo George, sentiment's really there. I mean, I hope that they will be, What well, hopefully they'll come up against a disinterested Liverpool side, really, who, you know, I don't think they can get any more points, totals for a Champions uh Get that win. So they get they get third place in the bag, which I, I know it doesn't I know in rea- in theory it sounds you know, it sounds great you know they win, they win get third place and they can rest some some players for uh, the, the next for our league game and then get ready for the cup final. But in reality, and I, I know sometimes it doesn't really work that way. Does it? he he might just play the first team again because he wants players to prove themselves worthy of a, of a cup final spot. So it it can go it can go both both ways really. Um, but uh, as far as the game itself goes um, they're quite suspect at the back I think Chelsea I think that's probably their biggest weakness they've got a lot they've got a plethora of of forward players and midfield players all of whom have great quality Um, and they've got even more quality coming in as well in in, in the next transfer window but I always think at the back they're a bit suspect so I think that's where we can potentially get a bit of joy out of it so I'd just pick, I'd line all four of our um, forwards up and I'd play them all against Chelsea. <laughs> I'd just play them all. Raul, Jota, Pedence, Neto, get them all playing. <laughs> just go five up front. Um, no, in all seriousness, I'd, I'd, I would I would stick to 3 4 3. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back to, any, to 3 5 2. I'd, I'd just go 3 4 3. Uh, keep the same three as today, to be honest. I'd, I'd keep Pedenz, Raul, and Adama. And then. Um, I'd like, you know, hopefully that you know that should be enough because we know full well that Spurs are going to beat Palace. I can't see anything, I can't see anything other than the Spurs win against Palace. So we do need to deliver the goods against Chelsea.
3: No, absolutely. I mean, so I'll push you all for for predictions. Um, I tell you what, I'll push you all for predictions in terms of uh, the game itself and and sort of final league position. Andy, if come to you first, how do you see the the game as as a scoreline and and where do you you envisage um, us finishing our league campaign?
2: Oh, it's a horrible question. It is a horrible question. It It really is. is. (laughs) Because, I mean, Spurs have been hot and cold for most of the season, but they've finally clicked into gear. And we saw tonight that Palace are no great shakes. so I expect them to win. But we saw what Chelsea did to us earlier in the season, and it's it's not going to be easy. Even if they do put out their second string, they have got some decent kids coming through. I, I don't want to be a pessimist, though. I, I think we'll draw, and I think Palace will do us a favour. So I think we'll finish where we are now. I think we'll finish
4: in sixth.
3: George, what are you? What are your thoughts in terms of? The game as a scoreline, um, just briefly, and 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 perhaps where that may see us finish the league campaign.
0: I think I've, I think we'll possibly, I think we'll draw as well um, personally because I think I think Chelsea are going to have to get a result technically, but I think you know Manu are playing Leicester, aren't they? So uh, I think we'll I think we'll get a point out of it and. Um, I think we'll end up. We might end up coming. Uh, well, yeah. I think sixth. Still, I, I do think sixth. I mean, that, the good thing tonight is at least we're guaranteed to come in the top seven now. I think, or can Sorry, we can't finish any lower than eight. Should I say? But you can just see us finishing seventh, can't you? And then having to watch the FA Cup final like we did, and what you know, the what you know, Watford get the battered mm-hmm. like we did last season. So, the one thing that we'll say is though. Um, is that you know, if for whatever reason we don't get European football out through, through our league position this year from where we got ourselves to, I think we've only got ourselves to blame really with a couple of bad results, but uh, yeah, I'm still optimistic that we, you know we'll, we'll, we'll come in the top six for me,
3: Adam. Just finally, for yourself,
1: um, I think we're going to see a, a bit of a slobber knocker on the final day and i think we're going to we're going to be on the right side of a, of a five goal thriller Ooh. at the bridge i think we're going to win 3-2 i don't ask me why call it blind faith call it what call it just stupidly optimistic or whatever i don't know but i just think that it's just going to go balls to the wall last game And i think we're going to win we're going to win 3-2 in reality, like you say, what might actually happen is is what George said there that we'll all be glued to the cup final, praying for a Chelsea win. But I don't know. I just got some some feeling that it's just all gonna it's just all gonna be carnage on, on our last game. I just think we're there's gonna be a few goals in it. So yeah, three two win and uh, yeah, sixth sixth place finish.
3: It's, it's, you know, I'm, I've asked the question, so I've got to answer it as well. It's it's a difficult one. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'd like to think that, you know, we can get a win and, and also get sixth finish. Um, there'll probably be uh, a lot to talk about post that Chelsea game and, and also post the completion of the season because, as Jordan's referenced there, in terms of how it's viewed in terms of the final league position, and also I think what the implications of potentially if we were to miss out on Europe, um, what that would be in terms of how we see the team. I really think it, it's, it has a lot of potential um, positives and negatives. I think there's a lot riding on on our league placing and also potentially uh, uh, yeah. our, our European ambitions as well. Um, but we'll leave that till post-Chelsea and then hope we're in a good position at that point. Uh, before we round off for this evening, because uh, it's getting quite a late night um, for ourselves recording, I <laughs> <so> just want <laughs> to thank you guys for, for sticking with us. So we'll round off with with Twitter Corner. So the first question we've got here is from uh, Zach Rushton. Um, we mentioned this a little bit earlier, but if you, we could perhaps pick it up. Um, he mentioned that it's disappointing to see Giordano not getting some minutes at the end. I think he was warming up for a while and then and then obviously the whistle went. Um, could he be the long-term solution for a Martinho replacement? What are your thoughts? I'm going to say too easy, to, too early to tell, isn't it really, I would say.
1: I saw him play, was it Redding in the cup? I think I saw him mm-hmm. play and he looked, and I, I'm going to caveat it, and straight away by saying, I know it was Reading. So, you know, let's just put that aside. But he looked good. He looked like a really good player. Um, I, don't know if he was, I don't know if he was like naturally like Matinho, like the air to Matinho's throne, so to speak. But he looked good. He looked like quite an exciting player. And he, he, looked, he looked decent. Uh, to be fair, I was rooting for him as well. I was willing someone mm. to kick the ball, out, for, <laughs> kick the ball mm. out at the end of the game. Just, just give him two minutes. Come on. We never even got that. So I felt a bit of a shame for him because you can imagine getting the, getting what well, he's done his warm up, he's a bit psyched up, ready to come on the pitch and he, he never makes it. So that was a bit of a shame. But um yeah, like you say, it's you can't put you you can't put a definitive um answer on that just yet, we 'cause we've we've barely seen him play. But from from the few minutes that we have seen him play, you know, that there's there's a bit of promise there.
3: Cool. I mean well, what, what, what I'll do, because there's a few questions to, to, to rattle through. Um, Andy, what about this one? Um, one from Alex Moore, uh, ex-Fan Castian. You've had a call from Melinda Messenger. Um, asking, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll leave that there. Asking if you're <laughs> taking part in the new series of Fort Boyard. Uh, but you have to pick a partner, and it has to be a signing made during the Mick McCarthy era. Who do you pick and why? <laughs> Four by Yard, was that kind of like a Crystal Maze type program, if I remember?
0: Yeah, it had, didn't it have, wasn't it Dirty Den as well? Didn't it have the it Tigers? Did. Yeah. The, yeah. th- the, yeah. th- the, th- the finger sucker, Leslie Grant uh, things.
1: Uh,
3: <laughs> <laughs> Well, well what I'll do, I'll get, I'll, I'll get a name from all, all three of you um, on, on this one then. So, a player in the McCarthy era, if, if he had to. Um, uh, be your partner in this, this game, who, who would you pick and why?
2: I'd go with um, Kevin Foley. Mr. 7 out of 10. You know what you're going to get with him. He's always going to put the effort in. He'll help you get through.
3: Good call.
1: I'd just go with uh, Gary Breen because he's a bit of a mentalist, isn't he? <laughs> and I think he'd be, too, he'd be way too competitive for my liking so he could do all the donkey work.
3: George, uh, uh, Melinda's on the phone. You've got a partner to pick. <laughs> Who are you going to pick? Um, I'll go with Jamal Johnson. <laughs> I didn't expect that one. I did not expect that one. But I want to know your reasoning. <laughs> just
0: be, just because he's a bit small, weren't he? So he'd have a low of okay. gravity. And you know, when you get the coins at the end, I reckon he'd be able to get... He'd be like lower to like the, the level to be able to just grab them. He could put some in his mouth, all sorts. He can do what he wants. And I reckon uh, Jamal Johnson. He was quick as well, wasn't he? He, he was. to run quick. away from the tiger. So, yeah, we we'll go with Jamal.
3: Jamal Johnson. Now, when I did this podcast at the start, and with all the technical issues we've had, I'm glad that you know we got to Jamal Johnson. Um, <laughs> I think for me, I'm going to go Keo. Probably similar reasons to uh, to, to Andy. He's going to put a shift in, isn't he? He's going to. He's you know, Ke- Keo. Made players look good at times and kind of took the flap for it as well, so he'll put the hard graft in. So I'll go for Keo on that one. Um, next one from Lynxwolf: Wolf uh, three players from the first 11 that you'd replace next season. So if we look at maybe today's team as an example, or replace with Sace maybe if you want to include him in the first 11, <coughs> if you had to get rid of three, who would there be? Um, Do you want to pick one each?
0: That's tough, isn't it? That. Yeah. Um, I'd go. Oh, this stinks. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd go. Only from today's 11, I'd probably go Dendonka. Doherty. Uh, this is what, it's horrible, isn't it? Um, it
2: is. Yeah.
0: Cody but I think you lose so much leadership. I'm going to football and ability. I'd probably go with Cody, Doherty, then Donker, but I think they're all very valuable in their own right. So, yeah, that's probably what I'd say, a push.
2: You'd you'd probably lose the mate of the starting eleven, but you wouldn't want to lose the mate of the club altogether. No, no, 100%
0: not.
3: And, and Any That's, any variation to those three, gents, at all? I'd just pick...
1: Uh, we're, we're here for the tough questions, aren't we? So, we've got to answer it. Uh, <laughs> Ma, Ma, I've got Martinho because of his age. And then I'd say uh, Raul and Adama, because of the money, that we'd get back.
0: Cool.
1: So, and then just spend it on buying three super players.
3: Andy, what do you think? Oh, I I I think Martinio for his age, um, because he, he needs to be replaced. Um Jimenez again because I think again there's there's an age point there. Oh, uh, and then I'd think Doc's had a good run, so sorry, Doc.
2: I think quality wise we can probably get a better defender than Cody. I like Cody, but he is a midfielder playing in defence, so maybe there. Um, I agree on the Doc thing. I, again, he's another player I really like, but he, he's had a very good run. He's probably never going to be worth more than he's worth now. And uh, I don't say Jimenez because he's so, so important to the way we play. And I'm not sure we'd be able to find another player to replace him. He'll um, probably be Martín, you know for his age then, I'd say. Horrible, a horrible,
3: horrible 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 <laughs> question but as pricey said that's what why we get a no i mean that's why we get Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um what we'll do we'll close it there in closing i just want to thank um everyone who listens on behalf of all of us um mad that this is our last home league game of the season that we're talking and Kind of, you know, from us doing these pods at the start of the season, it's pretty bonkers. I guess we are probably work there or thereabouts in terms of where we may have expected in the league potentially. But the world is a little bit different than what it was then. Um, and let's hope when we can, uh, we'll be able to see the the team live soon as well. But before then... Uh, We've obviously got the Chelsea game to look forward to, um, which we've talked about, and Olympiacos as well. So thanks for all your continued support. If you like what we do, please leave us a five-star rating. We really do appreciate it. And, um, gents, um, it's goodbye from Andy.
2: Be safe, everybody.
3: Mr. Price?
1: Goodbye, boys and girls.
3: And uh Jamal Johnson's um supporter <laughs> club member, Jordan Russell.
0: Yeah, hashtag free Jamal
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> And that's that's the sound of here. Thanks guys and we'll see you soon.